0: every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Jenny Towson. Jenny Alday Towson is a a successful entrepreneur who has made it her mission to help others navigate the challenges of marriage, business ownership, and balancing both. After facing her own struggles and marriage and successfully overcoming them, she has developed a deep understanding of the complexities of relationships and the importance of effective communication. Jenny has since created the Stroke It Guide, which provides practical tools and strategies for individuals looking to improve their relationships. With a compassionate and empathetic approach, Jenny empowers her network to take control of their lives and relationships and create a fulfilling and happy future for themselves. Today we are talking about Jenny's path as an entrepreneur. Jenny started a business over eight years ago in an industry that wasn't her area of expertise, but she saw a need, created a business plan Plan and hired the right people to serve her clients. Years later, she has a successful business with a team that not only completes the client work, but runs the day-to-day operations, allowing her to be a multi-passionate CEO where she has both this successful business and other businesses as well. We're going to hear about The steps she took to delegate to her team, how she ripped off the band-aid and started trusting them with the day-to-day operations, even outside of the client work, and also why it's important to balance your personal life and your personal relationships with your business so you can be successful in both your work and your personal life. Jenny has so much to share about how you can create the businesses that you desire, be the CEO that you desire, while getting out of the day-to-day work that makes your business function. So let's jump into the episode. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast.
1: Thank you, Jamie, for having me. I'm excited to be here with you and talk
0: business. I know. I'm so excited. I think it was almost a year ago, maybe a little – actually, it was over a year ago because it was last August that we met and we've been trying to get you on on the show. So I'm so glad we're finally having this conversation. Yeah. Well, I have more
1: insight to share for the past year. So I'm excited to share and inspire and encourage all of
0: the listeners today. Great. All right. So before we jump into everything, tell us a little bit about you and your business.
1: Yeah. So I'm Jenny Townsend. I currently own a music school in Sarasota, Florida. We've got just over 40 team members and about 500 members that come to our place of business where we do music education. So all ages, any interest. And I started that back in 2016 and it's been quite a journey. Music was not my background. I know we're going to dive in that today. So it's been one hell of a roller coaster and, you know, running a company, running a marriage, and just, you know, life in general. It's been uh, tons of fun. It's had some ups and downs. Um, so with that being said, I recently just uh, launched a coaching business. So I am helping female entrepreneurs balance life and marriage and preventing any debacles that may occur because you're so busy running your business, which is your passion, in your life. And I also have a podcast too. I just um, actually had my 100th episode drop um, like yesterday. So, pretty Congratulations. Exciting stuff.
0: Thanks. Yes. And what's the name of your podcast in case anyone wants to go check it out?
1: So, it's currently called Stroke It. And the name came from a personal situation where somebody was stroking somebody in my life mentally, physically, and emotionally. So, it's all about um, stroking individuals' egos and, you know, making sure people feel appreciated and they feel valued. And, not taking people for granted so we talk a lot about relationships we talk a lot about communication and i have a lot of business leaders as well that come on and we talk about taking care of our employees and how to grow your team members and develop them into managers and leaders of your organization
0: i love it yes all right well let's talk a little bit more about your business journey because as you mentioned when you gave us your introduction you're, you have a music business, but that is not your background. So what made you start this business?
1: Yeah, so I was uh, doing real estate back in the 2000s. And when the market crashed, I only had an associate's degree and nobody would hire me because I didn't have my bachelor's degree, which my parents offered to pay for when I was young. But I decided to jump into real estate. I really didn't want to continue with college. And at that moment, I was like, oh, my parents were right. I did need that bachelor's degree so I could apply for jobs. Uh, simultaneously, as the market was crashing, I had a mortgage to pay. So I had to start waiting tables at local restaurants. And so uh, while I was waiting tables, I uh, was surrounded by musicians and they were always looking for a place to connect and jam. And when I enrolled in college at the same time, at that point, I was finishing up like a business class and I had to develop a business plan. So I took the whole idea of these musicians coming together and a place to connect And when I got to the finance part of it, I realized they had no money. So they could not actually pay for the space that I wanted to create for them. So I flipped the switch. My parents provided a great childhood. I was in every after-school activity. I was in a private school education. I was in 4-H. And my parents invested so much time and energy, but they also invested a lot of money into me. And I was like, oh. What about a music school for kids that's more modern? It's non traditional, it's cool, it's hip. And come to find out, there was nothing like that available. So I just started working on a business plan for a music school and graduated college. And at that time I met my husband and he's like, so are you gonna go get your master's? I said, no, I'm gonna open up a music school one day. And he looked at me like I had four or five heads. So um, traveled the country, did a lot of market research while I was doing a corporate gig and came back to Sarasota. And I was working in the nonprofit world and I got into a fight with a gala chair over linens. And I was like, okay, I'm done here. gonna. my husband said, quit your job and go start the music school. So no experience. I just, you know, took a leap of faith and I had a really great business plan that I had worked on for seven years. And I hired a mentor and basically just started working towards opening those doors. And I opened in 2016 with one teacher and it kind of just went from there.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it's like one of those things where there's a lot of businesses that get developed out of a need. And you saw this need out there, then you realized like kind of from the start that okay, I can fulfill this need, but I'm probably not going to get the return on my investment that's needed. So, how can I how can I flip it? How can I keep going going down this path to provide a space for people that want to play music in a way that you're going to be profitable. And also recognizing from the start, like, you didn't mention anywhere in there that, and maybe maybe you did a little bit, that you're like, I'm going to go spend this time learning how to play all these instruments so I can be the teacher.
1: Yeah, definitely. There was never... Never a question for me. I never wanted to really learn music. I'd never taken a music lesson in my life, actually, prior to owning the company. Um, but I knew I could hire the right individuals, and I think that goes along with the line of any type of business. If you can hire the right people that buy into the mission, that are passionate about the mission, um, you're going to have a lot of people join you. You're also going to have a lot of people say that's not possible and you can't do it. And I had a lot of people say that I wasn't going to do it. It's not possible. I had met music teachers that I was trying to hire and they're like, that's never going to work. You can't do that. You have no curriculum. You, this is not standard. It's not traditional. And I was like, that's exactly why I'm doing it. It's different. Um, and then, you know, you, I had friends and family members saying, stop talking about it. It's never going to happen. And those are the people that basically fueled me and, you know, they do congratulate me today and they're like, you did it. So it's kind of cool. But, um, yeah, I, I, my parents brought me up just to go for anything and everything and just, you know, surround yourself by the people that can actually make it happen. So that's what I did. And I have an amazing team of uh, instructors that have backgrounds in music education or they are self taught musicians and th- they do a really great job.
0: Yeah. So one of the questions that came is coming to my mind with that is a lot of times we feel for, feel that in order to lead somebody, we need to know what how to do their job. And I always tell people like you you need, there comes a point in business you need to stop learning and and start delegating. But here's an here's the thing like this is the core of your business and you didn't know how to do their job. So talk about that. Was there any struggles when it comes to to leading these team members, managing these team members when you really are in a way, just the boss and you can't be necessarily that mentor or guide or things like that when it comes to their skills and their practice and maybe necessarily how they're teaching the the children and their students.
1: You know, it's a great question. I will say this, when I'm hiring people, I always say, I need you and you need me. We both need each other, which is a great working relationship. I can't do their job, I don't want to do their job, and they can't do mine either. So there's a level of respect, there's a level of commitment, and there's a level of trust that we have to have as we work together and we're working in tandem right Uh, so with those instructors i have to respect their time i have to be a really great leader i have to make the working environment really really great for them i have to acknowledge them i have to value their time and their skill set as well because i genuinely need them to show up every single day and same thing for them. So I think that me not knowing how to do their job is actually really beneficial for the entire organization. Also, I can't just jump in and take over, which allows me to stay focused on what I need to do as the business owner and the leader. Like my job is to financially make sure the company is stable and healthy, my job is for recruitment. I need to stay focused on my job. If I could do their job, I'd probably just be doing everything and I would not be a great leader of our organization.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really taught you or really forced you to have to stay in your lane. It's like, this is your job as the, as the boss, this is your job as the CEO of your company. And, you know, you, I really listening to your story and everything, it's like, you were lucky. Like, I was just actually talking to another business owner, Danielle Hayden, who I think her episode is going to come out right before yours. Okay. And she had to step out of the doer role and into the CEO role, which is a lot of us were in that place where you were kind of forced, like, you're already there because you weren't the doer in your business. So, in some ways, I feel like you were that lucky person because you weren't there and you didn't have to take that step that a lot of business owners are afraid to take they're afraid to to put that client facing work and everything completely on into the hands of their team members
1: yeah I mean it comes in with hiring you know it's hiring the right people and that's something I'm I just had a call with um, prior to us jumping on today is that I'm handing over the hiring process process to my studio manager and I was like I need to just talk to you about like how I phrase this how I phrase the pay how I talk about the culture how I you know give them a really great understanding of the community that they're going to potentially be part of. And that can be really challenging to pass over something. But I do think hiring the right people has been key to the success that it allows me to trust those individuals are great with the clientele and the end person the end user essentially. Um, So I think that has been like key, but yeah, I mean, luckily, I mean, I've had to teach some classes here and there, but for the most part, um, we've been able to hire the right people. And you know, I've had a couple of bad hires, but they didn't last long.
0: Right. And and it's one of those things. I always say it doesn't matter how great you are at hiring. There's gonna be that person or two that slip by because you're gonna learn something new when they come on and you're like, How did that not come out in the interview? But yeah. things 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 happen. So
1: Right. Too yeah. and I think too, it's like we're depending on what their mindset is and what their agenda is too like if they're really desperate because they really need a job right now because i have to pay their bills they're going to put on a certain face whereas they're if they're not like unemployed they're i think they come to the interview a little bit differently so you can kind of gauge those are my first questions too like how long have you been unemployed or like what are you looking to do and what's your commitment because we can weed them out quite um, quickly if we need to
0: Yes. Yes. And uh, so one of the things I heard you saying is now that you're passing off the hiring to your managers, it seems like you have a very standardized hiring process that you're teaching on. And I was actually just yesterday morning presenting to a group of uh, how to create scalable hiring processes. And this is actually one of the things I shared. I was like, you have to first trust your managers to hire. You need to start getting yourself out of the hiring process for every position. It doesn't mean like you won't join in on an interview at times, but you have to stop being the decision maker in every hiring decision. If you want to keep scaling your business and growing your business, you can't do it all. But once you decide that you're really start ready to delegate is you need to train them on hiring and not just like the basic skills of here's how to conduct an interview. Here is how to identify who is right for our organization and things like that and train them on what you've been doing for your business.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, who I'm I'm in my eighth year of business, and my studio manager. She's been with me for I think three years. She worked for me for a brief period of time several years ago, and then came back in 2019. So she understands it. So she, this morning she's like, "I get the pitch. I understand. I've done this with you a million times." And I was like, "I know, but I just want to know that I'm covering this with you." Um, so she does have a really good understanding of those, and it can be challenging to delegate. I have been kind of out of the day-to-day operations for about two years now for my company and what i've done is i've actually developed a leadership team and i took key individuals within my organization that i knew had long-term commitment there was a lot of buy-in they were looking to grow their income they were looking to grow their hours as well so with this leadership team i meet with them on a weekly basis or monthly basis and they've got all of their roles um, that they do, and it, some of them are revenue, some of them are based on organizations, some of them are admin tasks, and so I've been actually able to delegate all of the work out except for just like some payroll and things like that. Um, And they've taken a lot of ownership with it and there's a lot of buy-in and they're very, very much empowered and they have a lot of ownership, which has been really, really grateful for me to where I'm to a point where I can work on the business and talk about expansion and how to generate revenue in other ways, which has been really crucial. Um, So I think that's really important too, of like identifying those people or when you're hiring people, seeing how they can play a role in that leadership team in the future, if that's something they want to do.
0: Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. It's really, there's a few things I want to dive in there into, but first like leveraging the skill sets that that's on your team. Um, A lot of people outside of small businesses don't necessarily always want to work for small businesses because they don't see an opportunity for growth, but there can be an opportunity for growth in small businesses. And one of the things I always say as small business owners, we need to be talking to our teams to understand what they want. Are they happy where they're at? Or do they want more, even if it's not immediately, two years in the future, five years in the future, what are they aiming for so we can see, does their future align with our business? And if so, if they're not ready for it, let's say they, it's someone that does wanna manage people and they don't have those management skills yet, how do we help prepare them so when there is that opportunity in our organization, they're right to move in there? So I feel like that that's important of really building your team, understanding what they want, leveraging those additional skills outside of what you initially hired them for.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a great point for sure. I, when I hire people, I'm always asking, you know, everyone always says, where do you want to be in a several years? But I'm like, what skills are you looking to gain while you're here working at Music Compound? Like, what do you want to add to your resume? What's the future look like for you? And how can we play a role in that? And then what are the skills that you can offer us? I definitely think it's very much give and take. And we're both here to serve each other. So I do that with all of our new hires. And, you know, it's a better understanding for me. So I know what I can count on them for the future. What skills do they have? And then is this going to be a long-term commitment? Do I need to start thinking about roles um, long-term? And some of my people, like one person that works with me, you know, started as a music teacher and I was at that point I think I was paying like $15 an hour and now they're you know they're possibly making $60,000 and you know four years later and they have been a crucial part of our team and they have done all the roles so much so that now I'm like moving them up and I've delegated all their tasks and they're like but what am I going to do now and I'm like I'm working on creating more opportunity for you and you're going to be in this so I think Understanding that can be really exciting for them because they can see where they're going, but at the same time, it can be really scary when they see that they're moving up so far that they're now delegating all their tasks, which is a very interesting place to be. But I think understanding, you know, what their long-term goals is super, super important so that you can plan as well. And essentially, like I started my company with the plan of having everybody do all of the tasks where I could basically just be like a, you know, somewhat of an owner, um, so and the, the growth and things like that. So I'm constantly looking for people to recruit, and you know we may be expanding. A lot of the plans, my three five ten has changed just because of personal issues, um, and circumstances and things like that. So you know I had hoped to have multiple locations by now. Doesn't mean that we won't in the future. And I'm developing the team members so that if that is the plan, we can go there. Um, but obviously, I need that buy-in and I need their commitment.
0: Right. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. So. One of the things like I want to circle back to that you you kind of mentioned and everything. Okay. So from the beginning, you had to hire the teachers. So you had to hire the people that were actually providing the client work. Now, as you mentioned, you're getting out of more of that day-to-day task and focusing on the higher level strategy. And as you mentioned and i want to get into a little bit more you're now offering different things like one you said you might eventually soon you have the you are still on that path potentially to open up other locations you are starting a coaching business and everything so you have other things to do and one of the, and i feel like this is a great illustration of this cuz one of the things we talk about when it's time to hire is we say there's additional things you want to do in your business other than how you currently serve clients that you can't do because all your time is spent there so for you, it wasn't even just that you spent. You were spending time with the clients, you were still involved in all the day-to-day and you had to get out of the day-to-day so you could focus on these other things. So that's like, you know, for those listening, that's kind of another way to look at It's like, you might not even be doing the client work, but you're still having to be involved in the operations day-to-day that you can't do these other things. So it's how do you elevate yourself more to that CEO role? So that way you can do these other things that you want to do, whether it is going open that second location because you know you don't have to be there day to day for things to operate effectively or to go and do these other passions about yours and having those multiple income streams, even if they're all somewhat related, but you can focus on multiple things because you're not doing everything yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no way I'd be able to do all the passion projects and play tennis and have work life balance. And, you know, I was on the hamster wheel for years and I got thrown off of it. And I'm so grateful I did because it really forced me to release control and delegate to my team members. And I think as a small business owner or any kind of leader or CEO, a lot of times we hold on to all those tasks. We're afraid to let anybody else do it because of failure or they're not going to do it the same way. Once I learned to release control and allow my team members to do it their way, my company actually grew and it has been continuing to grow year after year because of that approach. So by releasing the control, I've delegated as much as I possibly can to where I can focus on the business and focus on different growth strategies and having that work-life balance that so many of us want and need. And that extra time allows me to be creative and come up with new opportunities and think about what can we package, what can we sell and how can we develop more revenue streams. Um, But it hopefully doesn't take certain people, you know, what happened to me, like as far as like personally for us, for me to get off the hamster wheel. So if you are listening and you are wanting to become more in that CEO role, I would encourage people to number one, just release control, trust your people, give them the tools and support them. And even though I'm not, at, I'm at my office one day a week. I go for Mondays for three to four hours, and it's really just for that face-to-face connection because I think that's super, super important. But for the most part, you know, I'm on Slack and I'll send emails, and I'm in tight communication with that leadership team. And I think by having that leadership team in place. I know I don't have to worry about anything because I totally trust these people and I know they have my company's best interest. They are paid well, they're taken care of. I mean, I do a lot of mental health benefits and a lot of um, special treats for those individuals because they're taking care of me. My father always said, take care of the people that take care of you. And I've just continue with that philosophy so that I can run off and do all the other things that I'm capable of doing. And, you know, I don't want to be just locked into one company or just like one thing. You know, most entrepreneurs yeah. can We have ADD or addhd HD. We need to be having a million projects. Right. So, um, but I am in this point too, though, it's like, because I've got so many projects going on, I'm like questioning myself, like, if I just stayed focused on my main company, like, where could that company be versus trying to do all these different things? So I think having some time for reflection, um, and really figuring out and staying focused on like your business plan is key. And that's where like, I need to probably dive back into that business plan. What were the long term goals, because all of my people bought into the mission and my vision. And I need to just make sure that I'm still staying true to that vision and where we're going as a company so that I continually create more opportunity and keep my people engaged. So um, I think it's super, super important. So that's something that I'm kind of like diving back into right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like one of those things. If you're able to have that strategy and focus back on your business plan and your goals and everything, it doesn't mean you need to be sitting down and doing that every day for eight hours a day, but it's just whatever that right cadence is for you. Are we moving on the right track? Are we taking the right steps? And some of that, depending on the structure of your business and depending on the team that you have, you're just more that person that's just like, are we going in the right direction? And your team's really in charge of taking a lot of those steps and completing the action items that help you get to that next goal or that next goal milestone in everything that you can still be that multiple passionate entrepreneur and be growing and scaling businesses at the same time.
1: Yeah, it requires a lot of energy and a lot of focus and a lot of discipline as well. Um, You know, we have our quarterly goals that we outline and there's a spreadsheet for it and like what those action steps are. And as a leader, like I have to constantly, you know, follow up with them, you know, once a week, like, hey, are we on this? Hey, are we on that? And what do you need from me? But for the most part, they're all doing it, which is fantastic. And they're all going to reap the benefits of all of the hard work but definitely having like a plan in place and always expanding and being innovative is going to be the key for you know constantly growing your company but also helping with the different revenue streams cuz that's what we're doing within our company now is there's so many different ways to generate revenue and we're going back to like when it was COVID where you had to be innovative. You had to think like, what are other people not doing or how can you make the most use of your time, energy and your, your resources? Um, so we're kind of like how I'm doing a coaching business for my personal brand. I'm We're creating courses within our company as well, which is going to be um, scalable without having to pay for brick and mortars all over the place. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's great. Okay. So I have a question about, okay, you're getting out of the day today. day One of the fears people have is something's going to go wrong and I'm going to realize this was a mistake and I'm just going to have to take it back over anyway. Was there ever any, a moment where you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm jumping out too fast. I need to take things back over. And if so, how did you get through that? So that way you could be in the position you are today.
1: So in 2019, it was November, I had went to SCORE, their uh, mentor program, and I met with a mentor. And he met me and he goes, you're drowning. You're physically drowning. I could tell your marriage is drowning and your business is drowning. And by the end of the year, everything's going to be dead. And I was like, oh, snap. And he goes, December 1st, you're going to walk out of your business. And I was like, what? Like, we have all this going on, holiday season. He goes, Think of December as a two-week month. And if anything happens, you blame it on the holidays. You blame it on you know, just the changeover and things like that. And people are going to be forgiving because they're so busy. And it's not going to make that much of an impact versus happening in January, February, or March. And I said, OK, sounds good. And I was like a, a mediator for so many of my team members. They'd all just come to me. They couldn't get along. And it was just it was not good. And financially, we weren't really that great either. Um, So anyways, took my mentor's advice and I said, don't call me unless the place is burning down. And I took off December and I came back the first week of January and uh, my assistant, she was like 18 years old and um, she came to me, she was working part-time, maybe 20 hours a week, came to me with an entire plan. She created a role for herself, a 40-hour work week, and basically outlined everything that was wrong with the company and what we were going to do to fix it and I was like okay I had buy-in from her I came back and all of my team members appreciated me in a new way they weren't fighting anymore they didn't come and complain to me anymore they really just saw the value in me being there and they figured out how to work together and it was the best thing that I did for our company and shortly after I hired a new guy and between him and that other young lady they took my company to a different level and it was around that time i had to step out of my company for a little while too but i just just left and they had to all figure it out and the things that were failing failed um but we just knew we weren't going to do those things anymore or what we needed to fix and what we really needed to focus our time on and it really pulled all of us off the hamster wheel and i think that was like a
0: crucial moment for my company and for me personally I think that's great. I think it's one of those things where sometimes business owners are even afraid to go on vacation. it's like, okay, prepare your team beforehand, then go on the vacation and don't answer the calls. You don't need to be there and figure things out later. Like, you know, it's part of that learning process. It's part of trusting that they can function without you on that day-to-day basis.
1: Yeah, your people are more capable than you think they are. And sometimes I found this is that they were capable of doing it, but they were afraid to do it because they were afraid of like them not doing it the right way or the way that I would do it and me coming down on them. When I wasn't there to judge them, they did it, they did it with confidence and they did it with ease. And they were like, we're going to make it happen. And they just went 100% in versus like, should I do that? Should I not do that? Oh, well, what is she going to say? And what is she going to do? It was like they had no choice. They had to make those decisions and they had to mm-hmm. own those decisions. And I think at that point is where a lot of confidence came into play. And it, like I said, it was just life changing. It was life changing in so many variables. So if you are listening and you're contemplating, like, you don't know if you can step out walk out of your business, whether it's one week or two week. And at the end of the day, you're, you're, I mean, we're not saving lives. So I was able to walk out and we were teaching music lessons, Um, but it will inspire and empower your people. And it will also light some fire under their ass and they will either sink or swim. I had some people quit. They were like, I'm not capable of doing this. This one guy was like, yeah, this is not for me. And great. I mean, he bowed out. I didn't have to fire him. And that's when this other young lady took ownership of her role and basically created a, a great career for herself. And she was with me for four or five years. Um, she actually st- works with me now on my new business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so many great things there. First off, your team member that left, it's like so many people are like, I can't lose a team member. I can't lose a team member. And I was like, sometimes it's in both of your best interests to part ways it's going to make you happier. It's going to make it so you can get someone into that position that is really right for that position. So it is okay at times to lose team members. They're going to be happier. You're going to be happier. So that's a super important thing there. Also just kind of going back to the beginning of when you were sharing, like what was going on here, like that, that score mentor didn't say walk out of your business tomorrow. I know you're in peak season, but just do it. Cause I remember working with a coach then she was like, you need a break from your business. Don't do any work next week. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm going on vacation in a week and a half. Like, I can't just take all next week off and then be on vacation and feel like at that point in time that I could step away. And like, she was just so it, so into it. You got to take next week off. You got to take next week off. And I'm just like, but that doesn't work with what I have going on in my business. I have clients I need to take care of before I go on vacation. I have this to tell me not to touch work while I'm on vacation. Yeah, I could have done that. So here it was. December, as you said, people are busy with holidays, especially with kids. There's holiday parties at school and performances and all this stuff that, yeah, it's probably was a slower month anyway of the year, not in pink season that they're like, just walk away and they'll figure it out. It's like a time where they could figure things out. They could have trial and error. They could have that additional response time and things like that instead of throwing them into the fire or saying sink or swim.
1: Yeah. I think the timing is important, but at the same time, there's never going to be a good time for you to walk out of your business. So I think, you know, if you can do it in December and it doesn't impact, I think it's a great month because it, as he said, it's like a two-week month. You know, that following February, my personal life blew up and I had to walk out of my company and I had recently hired a guy, thank God. Um, so the timing may work out, it may not work out, but in the end of the day, I do think that so many things can be learned by stepping out of your business. And more importantly, your people are going to grow, but you're going to see really what you can be doing to make your company better and what you need to be focusing on. There's so many things with running a company. Um, So I think it allows you to pinpoint those things um, to where your company can actually grow. And when I stepped out of my company that following February, I was doing a lot of things old school. So the person I had hired, he like Digitalized my entire company. He created Active Campaign. He created systems that I was just not doing. So, if you have people on your team that you're not utilizing their strengths, is it because you're not allowing them to, or you're not giving them the space or the time to do it, or you're not trusting the process, or you're not open minded to it? Um, if I was in my business, he would not have lasted very long because I would have we would have been butting heads. So it was good I was not there. And it's good I wasn't there because he was able to take my company from red to black. And the systems he put in place are systems we still use five or six years later. And I'm so grateful. So, I mean, if you can step out and just hand it over to your team members, whether it's two weeks, three weeks, or if you could do an entire month, you're going to be money ahead for sure.
0: Yes, definitely. And- I think it's like one of those things is I've talked to a few business owners lately that are just in that thing, like especially if they're in the early, early stages of their business where they don't feel confident about the dependability of their revenue. And they always say, well, if I do this, if I work that extra hour, I might get this additional client. If I do this, if I do that, if I work on the weekends, if I, and they really get into this hamster wheel of work. And as you talked about, as you talked about with some of your, your I think your new coaching programs, it's like, how do we get out of that? And I think It's important like some of the stuff you shared with us today, and I know there's so much more that we're not going to have time to get into today, it's your business can be successful without you working 80 hours a week, 70 hours a week, 60 hours a week. You can have a successful, growing, scaling business and not have it run every part of your life. I will say this.
1: I make more money and I work way less than I ever have in the past 8 years and working less has created more momentum, more inspiration and more of everything really um because I'm not tired, I'm not drained and I have better relationships now because I literally I do 50% work and I do 50% play. So 50% of my time is, you know, working whatever company whatever I'm working on that's going to generate revenue and the other 50% of my time is with family it's by myself it's playing tennis so they're like work hard play hard it's like I play hard and then I work hard so the first majority of the mornings are all about me and playing and doing what serves me so that I can be a better person for all of the people that I'm working with. And I feel like that model and that mentality has really spearheaded a lot of growth in a lot of different areas of my life,
0: including financially. Yes, yes. And I love when you're listening off the things there that you take time for yourself. I feel like that's something that we are always, especially as women business owners, we don't do. We're work. We're parents if we have kids. We're, you know, wives if we have a spouse or a significant other. Like we focus on those relationships, and we're constantly putting ourselves last. And a lot of times, if there's not time in the schedule, that's what gets taken off. And it's so important to have that time where you can improve as your as an individual. You can get the mental headspace that you need as an individual, and and everything to just step away and focus on you.
1: Yeah, I think that's. Been key for me is, you know, I always thought I was doing me because I was doing what I loved and I loved my company, but everything was so much like work and like output focused. And so I think like reversing that and taking time and a lot of the things that I'm doing for myself now is I'm putting my place, myself in rooms that I didn't before, like yoga studios or like playing tennis. I'm like connecting with people that I never would have connected and I'm learning from those people. And sometimes they don't even know they're teaching me or they're inspiring me or they're making me laugh. Like, There's so many other benefits that come from taking that time for yourself. And I feel like even just like the tennis community, I'm playing tennis with a lot of women that are older than me. So they already have already had their careers and they were consultants and they're giving me advice. So it's like, I'm still learning and growing personally on my me time which is really great and it's more organic um so i think it's a big game changer take time for yourself and you know i just had a girl on my podcast and she's like 20 minutes a day like i take 20 minutes and i just focus on me and sometimes it's an hour sometimes it's longer sometimes it's you know different times but 20 minutes minimum and i think it's just so important for your mental capacity and your mindset and I have found that I can handle those curveballs. I can handle those bad attitudes, and I can handle those bad reviews or those bad apples, because I'm ready to receive and I'm in the right mindset to handle those, which is really, really key.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's like, they always say you can't, you can't give from an empty bucket. So you need to focus on yourself. And I think it, it teaches you to be intentional a lot of times with your time. So that way you're not just spending time with your significant other, just spending time with your kids. You're spending intentional time with them as well. You're spending intentional time working, you know, because it can be one of those things where you can sit down and be at your, staring at your computer for 10 hours a day, but are you really doing 10 hours of work? And I think when you start becoming intentional with your time, you can get the same amount of stuff done and less time and then be dedicated to every everything that you want to focus on instead of be thinking about everything at once.
1: I've been doing what I call like this refrigerator model. And it's where I basically take my goals and I take everything that I want to do personally and professionally. And I create a schedule and I do a block schedule. And I literally delegate those time slots for certain output and some me time and time with family. And I think that's a big struggle too. When you're running a company, you're so focused on the work and the mission and the output that you forget like about yourself, but you also forget about the other people in your life. And it's really, really important that we make time for family and we make time for them and for them to talk as well and for us to listen. And, you know, um, just like the hamster wheel, it was just constant like company, company, company stuff. So um, I think it's super, super important, yeah, to focus on you and develop the schedule and be very intentional with what you want to be doing with your time. Life is short. Um, You should be doing what you love and making yourself happy. And if you're making yourself happy, then you can make other people happy and be happy for other people. And overall, then everybody's happy.
0: Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Jenny, I feel like we could talk about this for like hours and hours and hours, but we have to come to an end. But of course, with your podcast and your coaching programs and everything else that you're putting together, like people are like, I need to learn how to be more intentional with my time and all this stuff and not have my business run my life. How can they get in touch with you? So that way they can learn from all your wisdom and all your experiences.
1: Yeah. So you can just go to my website, which is Jenny with a Y all day with one L townsend.com. So Jenny all Um, everything regarding my music school, my podcast, uh, my coaching courses, which I'm doing a workshop for women with setting, setting quarterly goals. I do those quor- quarterly actually. And then I do have a marriage course that I'm offering, which is to end or mend a marriage. And that is, a, um, you know, cater to maybe women that are struggling in their marriage, whether, it's an affair, whether it's a bad habit, whether it's just someone's so obsessed with their career. So I've got some great resources and a lot of great experience to share with people. So I would love for anyone to connect with me. And I'm on social as well.
0: All right. And all those links will be in the show notes. All right, Jenny, last question that I love to ask all my guests. We've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us. Think of a leader or manager that has stood out to you and share one thing about them. Yeah, so I'm gonna mention Victoria. Uh,
1: Victoria was a manager of mine right after I graduated with my bachelor's degree. And She didn't hire me. Actually, the owner of the company hired me and she didn't really have much use for me. But then I went to the owner and I was like, okay, she's not utilizing my skills. She called me a big shot, threw a deal at me and said, go get this. And she had worked on it for eight years. I got it in three months of working with her. And at that moment, she took me under her wing and she developed me personally, professionally taught me a lot of the great things about leadership and managing people and a lot of those skills I use with my team today, which has been really impactful.
0: Awesome. Great. I love that. I love like when we hear about those early leaders and managers that invest time with us, really shape our career and help us grow into the the business owners and leaders that we are today. Yes. All right, Jenny, thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you for
1: having me. I wish everyone a wonderful day.
0: And that wraps up this episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss new episodes. And if your favorite podcast app has the ability, leave a review and let us know what you love about the show. As you wait for the next episode, be sure to follow Growing Your Team on Instagram at GrowingYourTeam or head on over to growingyourteam.com to access more resources and learn how growing your team can support you as you master the art of hiring.